the storm or are you up there celebrating um, the praise that you're getting this morning, God, it's um, either way, it's, it's a miracle that this earth that you've created, um, we're so thankful, God, and we just pray that you be with uh, Dominic today as he, as he preaches and hopefully can be heard over this. Amen. Thank you. The most important call we can get is from God. To be called is a beautiful obligation to spread the light of Jesus. We're called to care, showing God's love to those in need. We are called to generosity, showing the extravagant giving from God to all of us. We are called to serve, giving of ourselves the way Jesus gave of himself. We're called to disciple, changing the world and hearts for Jesus, one person at a time. You are called. Hello there. Man, this is just a, a wonderful way to start off a morning, don't you, don't you think? This is just a hail, my favorite thing. <laughs> um, welcome to all of you who are joining us online. Thank you for coming. Hello, all of you who are currently here. My name is Dominic Hendricks, and no, I am not the pastor. I'm simply filling in for Daniel for tonight, today, this morning, sorry. <laughs> um, thank you guys for having me and letting me come up here. Oh, look, it's up. That's cool. And so... Um, yeah, thank you all for coming. Um, so last week, uh, we talked about compassion, how we are called to compassion. And today, we're going to talk about generosity, you know, how we are all called, at least some of us are called to generosity. So I have a question. What is generosity? Why do we give? Why should we give even? Yeah, I, I've learned that generosity is strangely confusing, yet incredibly important to God. It is an extension of compassion. It is another form of serving. And it is a preventative for greedy selfishness. Yet many people, including myself, don't, we don't really grasp the entire concept of it. You know, many people think that generosity is simply giving away money or giving away clothes or giving away all these different items. And yet, it's so much more than that. Generosity is a physical demonstration of Christ living within you. It is a way to demonstrate that the Holy Spirit is living within you. And yet, many people take this sacred thing and twist it into something that results in pride and selfishness. What should be holy and sacred for God gets turned around and twisted. And today, I want to talk about generosity and how we could be more generous and display our love for both Christ and our love for people. So we're going to discuss a story that I'm sure many of you have heard before, the widow's offering. It is a story of how a poor widow gave everything she had while all these rich men were giving all these things to God. You know, she had very little. She gave very little, but what she gave was worth more than everyone else there. So if you can, 
Um, turn to Matt, to, sorry, to Mark 12, verse uh, 41. Right, so, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor woman has put more into the treasury than all the others. They gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. So let's kind of like understand, kind of unpackage this story. So um, we read in the passage earlier, Jesus, you know, condemns the teachers of the law, which is for Pharisees and the Sadducees, and explains how they were selfish and put themselves higher than everyone else. And like the rich men in the story, they were essentially doing the same thing. You know, all these powerful, wealthy men were putting in large, huge sums of money. And this poor widow comes along, and she simply gives uh, two lepta, which was the currency of the time. Which, in modern terms, two lepta is only worth one-sixth of a cent. Not even enough to buy a crumb of bread. And yet, Jesus said that what she gave was worth more than everyone else. But why? She only gave one-sixth of a cent. How does that amount to anything? Well, the reason that what she gave was, was more valuable is because she gave from the heart. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. Though I speak with the tongues of man and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith that I can remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. This poor woman gave her entire livelihood. She gave with purpose. The rich men essentially gave just so they could display their massive amounts of wealth and flaunt it over everybody else. While this poor woman, she gave all that she had to the Lord. She gave from her heart. She gave because she understood that everything belongs to God. And because of that and what she gave, that far outweighed what the rich men gave. And just as Paul said in the verse earlier, even if we gave everything, everything, even if we gave everything we, away, even if we gave large sums of money, even if we gave all this stuff away and we have not love, then it's meaningless. It is, it's all in vain. Christ tells us to give out of love. He tells us to give with a purpose. Because without love, it means Nothing. I remember a few years back, um, I went to Cottage Grove Christian Camp, which is a, a camp in Cottage Grove, and it was my first year going. Um, this is when Daniel was still um, the associate pastor there, and he took us there, and um, so every year at that camp, they have this organization or this mission to where you could donate money to, and uh, you would donate this money at the snack shack, and so um, 
usually a bunch of people would be there to buy stuff and you could donate money. And I remember my first year going there and I, I wanted to give money to that organization. I gave about five bucks. It wasn't much. Well, the people told me who were working at the snapshot that those five bucks was the most anyone has given so far. And that sort of got to my head. And as a result, I would keep giving more and more and more and more. And I would try to give the most out of everybody because that was my goal. My goal was to give the most out of everybody there. And in fact, there was a point where I had a, a given a total of, I believe, $25. And this other person gave about 30 And I was, I was upset. <laughs> I wanted to give more, so I ended up giving $15 more. And by the time camp ended, I ended up giving $50 to that organization. And when we were leaving, I was so proud of what I was giving. I was so proud that I gave the most. And I remember when we were driving back to Brookings, um, Daniel was taking all of us, the youth, back. And I boasted saying, I gave the most money out of everyone there at that camp. And Daniel turned to me and he responded with this. Did you give for yourself or did you give for God? It was the most striking question. Did I give for myself, for my own glory, or did I give for the glory of God? And the answer was obvious. I gave so that I could boast, so I could get all the glory. I gave so much money so that I could prove I was the best and that I cared more than anyone else. And looking back on that, I realized that the $5 I gave at the very beginning, just that five, was worth so much more than the $50. And it was because I gave out of love and because I cared. I cared for what was happening. I cared for God. And much like the widow, those two lepta that she gave, that one-sixth of a cent she gave was worth more than all the money that the rich man had to offer. And so here's an important point. You cannot truly be generous if you do not care. If you don't have love, then what you say, then what you do is, means nothing. And as when we look back at what Paul said in 1 Corinthians, sure, you can technically give things away and be generous. You could technically be generous without really caring, I guess, but it doesn't mean anything. It's all in vain. It means nothing, neither to you nor to God. And so to truly care and to please God, we must have love. We must care. We must give for the glory of God. Second Corinthians 8, 7. But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. Generosity is an act of grace. It is an act of love. So in order to be generous with meaning, we must have grace. We must have love. And see, it's not so much about how much you give. It's more so do you care. Do you give for the glory of yourself or do you give for the glory of God? And this is something that I had to learn. You know, Jesus tells us in Matthew 6, 1 through 4, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly I tell you, 
they have received the reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your right, do not let your left, sorry, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And I think we should all ask ourselves this question. Do I give for myself, or do I give for God? And the answer to that question may just determine how you give from now on. So as we just discussed, we, we often can give without meaning, which often leads to pride. But we also tend to forget what generosity is about in the first place. You see, God's version of generosity is a bit different than our modern version of generosity. Our version, we usually think that it's, oh, just giving a bunch of money, woo, that's about it. But to understand what God's definition of generosity, we have to look at both the Greek and the Hebrew definitions of the words. So the Hebrew word for generosity is chanin, meaning showing favor or having pity upon. Now, as Daniel said last week, pity is not a bad thing. Having pity on is not a bad thing. It's simply showing compassion to another person. And in relation to God, Chanon can also mean gracious and merciful. And we see these definitions be used all throughout the Bible. For example, in Psalm 102, 12 through 13, But you, O Lord, are enthroned forever. You are remembered throughout all generations generations. You will arise and have pity on Zion. It is time to favor her. The appointed time has come. In verse 13 in that verse, we see that as having pity upon and showing favor upon that God has for us. You know, God is generous toward humanity. You know, the psalmist asks for God to be gracious or merciful because they understand their position before God and his demeanor toward his people. Apart from God, they are helpless against their enemies or left in the destitution of sin. But because of God's generosity, they can receive his help. God is generous to those who don't deserve it. The Israelites, in this case, the Israelites, they constantly, constantly went back into sin. All the time they rejected God, yet every single time God was gracious, he was generous to them. And that's the same type of generosity that we should have for others. And so why don't we look at the Greek word now? The New Testament version of generosity. The Greek word for generosity in the, in the New Testament is yenadoria, meaning readiness to give and a forgiving, kind nature. And we see these two definitions play out all the time throughout the New Testament, especially in relation to Jesus. Uh, for example, in 1 John 3, 17, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the true love of God be in that person? Acts 20.35 In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than receive. Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than receive. In both of these verses, we see how the forgiving, kind, merciful nature of generosity is played out through Christ. 
And so when we look at both Shannon and Yedidoria, the two words that are used for generosity, we see God display generosity through gate, sorry, through grace, through giving, through forgiving, through love. And that is the same thing that the poor widow displayed. She gave with love. She gave everything to God. And we should have that same mindset too, but we often don't. We often have three mindsets when it comes to giving. Number one, what's yours is mine, so I'm going to take it. Luke 12, 15. Then he said to them, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. So this is the type of attitude, this is the type of mindset that breeds contempt and jealousy. This is the type of mentality that James warns us. He says, um, James 3.16, For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. This is the type of mindset that destroys people. It prevents the gospel from being spread, and it corrupts a person's heart. If we want to move forward in our walk with Christ, and if we want to become more generous, we have to move past this mindset. We cannot see what someone else has and immediately be like, I want that. I want that. That breeds jealousy and contempt, and that creates vile practices, as James puts it. We, uh, the second mindset. What's mine is mine, so I am going to keep it. Philippians 2, 3 through 4. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. So, harking back to when I was here last time during the More to Life series, this is in relation, you can think of it as a uh, one hand open, one hand closed type of thing. One hand open for receiving, and one hand open for keeping. We don't often open the other hand. We often like to keep what is mine, and we think that, oh, it's, it's going to go away. Oh, I want it. We somehow put sentimental value in things that really don't have value. You know, and when it comes to giving with this idea of one hand closed, one hand open, we're often like, whoa, whoa hold on there. This is my stuff. I'm not going to give this away. And everyone has done this before, including myself. We want to keep on to everything we have, and we aren't willing to give. In reality, God calls us to give all. He calls us to give all. He calls us to be generous and to give to those who need it. And this is the third mindset. What's mine is yours, so I'm going to give it. Psalm, one, uh, sorry, Psalm 102, verse 5. It is well with the man who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice. This is the mindset that we should be having. This idea of um, one hand open, sorry, two hands open, actually. Two hands open. One hand for receiving and one hand for giving. This is the mindset that we should be having. This idea that what's mine is yours and we give. Um... I remember, actually, at the, one of the youth groups in Brookings at Calvary Heritage that I go to, 
uh, the youth pastor there, he was talking about how his father-in-law is, is a very wealthy man. But the thing is, is that his father-in-law gives everything. God blesses him constantly with wealth, but he just turns around and blesses others with it. And that's, that's the thing that God wants us to do. He wants us to take the things that he blesses us with and give to others who need it. 2 Corinthians 9, 8-11. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply an increased store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. God gives us what we need in order to bless others. Which leads us into what we're going to be talking about next. Three biblical truths on what we should do. Number one, do what I should do. What should you do? Give. Malachi 3, 9 through 10. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me. The whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Now, you can't really talk about generosity without talking about tithing within the church. Now, the, def the definition of tithing has definitely changed a bit, not significantly, but definitely has changed a bit between the Old Testament and the New Testament. So to understand the context of that verse, um, the Israelites were not bringing their offering to the temple. They were essentially giving nothing over to God. They were giving no tithe. They were keeping it all to themselves, and God wanted them to give their all. And so, because of their disobedience, God judged them with a small harvest. The Lord challenged them to bring the full tithe of grain sacrifices and see if he would bless them with abundance of future crops. The storehouse that's mentioned in verse 10 is a place to store grain in the temple, and that is where the Israelites would tithe. Their tithe would be grain and putting it into the storehouse. So during that time, tithing was considered a temple worship. What about now? Does that verse still apply to us today? Is tithing even mandatory? Better yet, why should we tithe as New Testament believers? Well, let's answer these. So is tithing mandatory? Is it some sort of thing that threatens your salvation? No, it's not. Tithing is a voluntary act between you and God. Should we tithe? Absolutely. It is something that God wants us to do so that we may bless others. The entire purpose of tithing is to bless others. You bless the church with what you have so that the church may go and spread the gospel to others and have the ability to do more things to reach more people. Tithing is a personal thing that you do. It's voluntary. It's not some law. It's not some mandate. It's not some rule. 
It's a personal action that you do, that you give to the church for the glory of God. And that's the important thing we need to remember. We give to the church for the glory of God. And I understand there have been churches that have abused tithes. They have used the tithings that they have and used them for ungodly things. And I understand that there may be some people who are hesitant to tithe because of they, they've had experiences with that. But I hope that I shouldn't discourage you from tithing. You know, just because one person did something bad doesn't mean the next will. And generally speaking, most churches do want to grow the church and spread the gospel to others. And here's another thing that I learned while writing this up, is that tithing isn't only giving to the church either. Now, I know this may seem strange, but giving a tithe could also be meeting a person's needs and helping those who are needy. When we look at the early church, Paul, Peter, John, James, those guys, and Acts, their tithe was giving to the needy. Their tithe was giving to those who needed it. Giving to charities or simply giving to money to people who you see who are in need could, that was their tithe. Now, does that mean that you should only give to charities? That you should only give to um, the poor people? No. You should give to churches too, but you should also give to those charities to give to the people who are needy. I'm not saying that, oh no, don't ever tie to the church, because it is something that God wants us to do. Now, here's an important question. Does Malachi 3.10, the verse that we just uh, read, does that verse even apply to us today? We know that God was talking to the Israelites um, during this time when he mentioned that. But does that verse still apply to us modern-day Christians? Well, yes, in a sense, but no in another sense. And I say no because of the fact that the Many people like to take this verse out of context and think, if I just give a bunch of money, sorry, <clears throat> if I just give a bunch of money, God will bless me with a bunch of money. And that is not true at all. You know, <clears throat> we see that this verse is taken into the context that if I just give a bunch of money, God will bless me with all this wealth, all this stuff. But that isn't entirely the case. See, God will bless you in order to bless another person. That's the meaning of that verse to, uh, when it comes to us today. And that's why I also say yes, because God will bless us to bless others. You know, I've had a personal experience, actually, where this verse did come to fruition. And um, it's important that we remember that we remember that Tithing is to bless others. When you give to God, you are blessing others through it. And through that, he will bless you greatly so that you can continue blessing others. It's not that if you give a bunch of money, that somehow means that God will give you a bunch of money. No. It's, it's personal. It's, it's something between you and God. And when we look at the New Testament, when we look at what Jesus says and what the um, early church did in regards to tithing, it's not so much how much you give. It's about if you care to give, if you do it for the glory of God. Now, going back to the widow's offering again, when she tithed, when she gave, she gave out of her heart. She gave out of love. 
And that is the true purpose of giving. While the Pharisees and the Sadducees of that time, they would give a bunch of money, and this is what Jesus said to them. Luke eleven forty two, Woe to you Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint, rue, and all other kinds of garden herbs, but you neglect justice and the love of God. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. See, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were giving so much money out there. They were giving large sums of money, but it was all worthless. They gave for their own glory. They didn't give for the glory of God. They forgot the love of God. And that is the most important thing we have to remember when it comes to tithing. We give to the church for the glory of God, not for our own glory. We give so that the glory of God may be revealed to others and that you can bless people with what you give. So, number two, do what I can do. If you have the ability to give, you should give. 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 5. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty has overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. There are many of us today who have the ability to give. We have the things that we can give, and yet we don't. We don't give. We have the capabilities to bless others, and yet we just don't. And in America, this is especially prominent. In America, all of us are so privileged and lucky to be where we are. We have it good. We, have, we can afford nice houses. We can eat as much food when we want, what we want. We could go to church freely without fear of prosecution. We could afford clothes and wear what we want and express ourselves how we want. We have all these things. We have all these material possessions that we could get. You know, if we have all these things, why is it we don't often give to those who don't have all those things? Why is it that we are so quick to just retract and keep all the things that we have and not be willing to give to those who genuinely need it? I'm not trying to shame anyone into giving. That is not my goal. I don't want to shame anyone, of course. That is not my intention and it never would be. But, but what I am saying is that we often have the ability to give, but we often don't give. And you see... God will bless us with things so that we can bless others. And I want to encourage you all. If you have the ability to give, give. You can donate money, give clothes, give food, and even give your time. I know this may seem strange, but simply giving your time and listening and being there for another person, that constitutes as giving. The giving of yourself to another person. Number three. Do what you would do. 2 Corinthians 9, 10 through 11. 
Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So when I first kind of read that verse, I was confused. So I kind of unpack and understand. So when it says the harvest of your righteousness, that is God's blessing to the cheerful giver. The same God who's faithful to supply all his creatures, all his creation, all their physical needs, and is kind to all men, is uniquely gracious to his, to his children. He always fulfills his promise to replenish their generosity. <clears throat> God will always fulfill his promise to replenish a person's generosity. And that is what leads into what verse 11 in this says. When we give, when we are generous, our, genera our generosity should result in thanksgiving to God because he was the one that gave us the opportunity to be generous in the first place. It shouldn't result in us becoming prideful and boasting about what we have. You know, we often will sometimes give and that somehow gives us the right to become selfish, to become prideful. And somehow we think that we deserve everything. But that's not true. When you give with a grateful heart for the glory of God, he will bless you to bless others and increase the effect of that blessing. And that's the beautiful thing. God wants us to bless others. He blesses us. He takes care of us. And he wants us to do the same to others. Now, to summarize everything that we've talked about, the widow's offering, she gave more. Why? Because she gave from her heart. She gave out of love. And that is the most important thing that we can remember. It's not about how much you give. It's about if you have love, if you have care, if you want to give for the glory of God. And give to the Lord. And I want to challenge you guys. Do I give for myself? Or do I give for God? Ask yourself that question. Let's pray. God, thank you for this time that we were able to come here today and we were able to worship you. And Lord, I pray that you give us a more generous heart. Lord, I pray that we can serve you in all things. And I pray that we could do your will. And like the poor widow, Lord, I pray that we give out of our hearts. We don't give to boast, but we give for your glory. And I pray that you can bless us so that we can bless others with what you give. And Lord, I thank you for everything you've done for us, Lord. And I pray that you help us in all things and that we can fulfill your will. And in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Do we have a you know, people for communion? <laughs> for our sins. And that's why I say that he was not generous because, I mean, how many of us are willing to die, to give over 
our life so that others may live. Not very often. Yet he did. He shed his blood so that we can become righteous children of God. That's the most important thing I'm As we discussed earlier, the tithe we give so that God can bless others. We give so that we can bless others. We give so that the church may grow. And we give so that the gospel may be spread. And I want to know, this is a personal thing between you and God. This is a personal voluntary action that shows your devotion to Christ. never forget that God is the one who gives the glory. God is the one who deserves the glory. And let us remember that.
Thank you, Dominic, for sharing with that uh, with us today. Um, I'm sure glad that uh, Pastor Daniel did not ask me to preach today, because I can promise you it wouldn't have been as good as that. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, our last song today is going to be a little bit different than normal. Usually we kind of end with a little bit of a more melodramatic song. Um, today we're going to end with a you know pretty upbeat, happy song. So this one's called Glorious Day. Um, so feel free to to sing along with us. Oh, sorry. I was buried beneath my shame. 